Hi, this is Chris Baldwin, a.k.a. Fight Goddess with Skull Combat Sports Equipment, and you are listening to Eddie Goldman with No Holds Barred. Hi, my name is Melissa Smith from GirlBoxing.org, and I'm listening to No Holds Barred with Eddie Goldman. Everyone around the world, once again, this is Eddie Goldman on No Holds Barred. On this edition of the show, we once again spoke with our colleagues Chris Baldwin of The War Room and Melissa Smith of Girl Boxing on The War Room. A video of this discussion has also been posted on the War Sports YouTube page. To the surprise of few, the scandal-drenched International Boxing Association, IBA, will not be allowed to organize the boxing competition at the 2024 Paris Olympics. Boxing also remains off the program for the 2028 Los Angeles Olympics. At the recent press conference, the IOC told them that enough was enough. We discussed the worsening crisis in Olympic boxing and its implications for all of boxing. Here is that discussion. What's up, fight fans? Welcome back to the War Room. I am your host, fight goddess Chris Baldwin, and I'm here with my co-host, Melissa Smith. She is a women's boxing historian and the conscious of combat sports, Mr. Eddie Goldman. I want to thank you guys for uh, joining us in the War Room today. So look, you know, it's been a really tough week because, you know, we say in boxing, don't leave it in the hands of the judges. <laughs> well... <laughs> SCOTUS has really screwed us, screwed the pooch. So we've had a couple of rulings that have uh, set the mood, brought us all down, but we're going to talk about the IOC because we don't want to talk about SCOTUS. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the International uh, Olympic Committee and their decision to take uh, the IBA, they're no longer in charge of our, I guess, Olympic program, right? Amateur boxing. Eddie, you want to tell us what the hell is going yeah, on with the IBA? Who, who, by the way, thought that uh, we would have a favorable comparison of boxing judges to uh, regular Supreme Court judges? <laughs> exactly. Think about that. But I'll start it off this way. In 1979, there was a number one disco hit by the unlikely pair of Barbara Streisand and Donna Summer, two of my favorites, by the way, at the time, called No More Tears, Enough is Enough. And you could find that there were th three or four versions. You remember that song, Enough is Enough, right? That was a good, I like that song. And there were different versions and mixes and all of that. And the theme of Enough is Enough although he didn't sing it like Barbara Streisand or Donna Summer, was picked up by the IOC sports director, Kit McConnell, at this past Friday's press conference after their uh, executive board meeting discussing the IBA, the International Boxing Association, and why they will not be allowed to organize the boxing 
at the upcoming Paris Olympics in 2024. And that was his key take, enough is enough. So we have a clip from that press conference where he can express it pretty much in his own words, how the IBA has completely screwed up. And still for 28, Los Angeles boxing is not on the preliminary program. So it could be done completely in the Olympics after 2024. So maybe we could run that that clip of uh, Kit McConnell's comments about the IBA, which are fairly animated given the very uh, toned down uh, way that a lot of these suits approach things. All right. So you got that? Yeah. Once again, today, the IOC Executive Board uh, discussed the situation with the International Boxing Association. This is in the context of the ongoing reviews regarding refereeing and judging, financial uh, stability and sustainability, and of course, governance, which in recent weeks has once again been at the center of all of the, the, uh, the, the commentary around the IBA. Uh, we gave an update on the Court of Arbitration for Sport announcement on the 14th of June, which uh, overturned the uh, previous decisions regarding the eligibility of certain candidates for the recent IBA elections. Uh, and uh, that was considered by the IOC Executive Board equally. We gave an update on not only the planning for Paris, but the qualification pathway for the athletes towards Paris as well. And noted that we're just over six months out from the start of that qualification period for the athletes for, for Paris. And there's still a huge amount of uncertainty for the athletes regarding how, where, and when they, they, they qualify for Paris. At the end, the IC executive board felt that enough was enough. And in the interests of the athletes and of the boxing community, the executive board of the IOC today decided that the boxing qualifying events and the competitions at the Olympic Games Paris 2024 will not be run under the authority of the IBA. This decision is centered on the athletes themselves and the need I referenced to provide certainty on the Olympic competitions and the Olympic qualification leading up to Paris 2024. And it follows the continuing and very concerning issues that continue to go on within the IBA. And we've referenced any number of times the governance, the refereeing and judging, uh, and the financial concerns which remain. The IOC administration will therefore finalize on an exceptional basis alternative models for the organization of these boxing competitions, working closely with the organizing committee of Paris 2024, and of course, with athlete representatives. And the outcomes of these discussions and suggested recommendations for the models to be put in place will then be presented to the IOC executive board. And finally, whether or not boxing will be included in the sports program for Los Angeles 2028 will be discussed at a later stage. So in summary, uh, the IBA will not uh, be running the qualification events for Olympic boxing at Paris 2024 or the Olympic boxing competition itself. And we will put in place alternative models to give certainty to the athletes on that qualification pathway, but it will not be the IBA running those qualification or Olympic competitions. Wow. Yeah, really bad. And the context, if you didn't follow, was that when they held their Congress and had their presidential election, a day before the election, they disqualified the only other candidate, uh, 
running against the, the Russian Umar Kremlev. So they elected him by acclamation, which I'm sure uh, Putin approved of. And also on the board of directors, a bunch of candidates who were calling for reforms in the IOC were also uh, disqualified from running. And even the Court of Arbitration for Sport, which is not the talking about judges, not the best judges in the world, still even they found that the violations that everybody did were very minor and most should have uh, gotten them a sanction or something, but not were not strong enough so that they would be disqualified from running. It had to do with early campaigning and some things like that. And they also said Kremlev did the same thing. So the IOC, even after all of this, said, okay, we're going to have uh, another special meeting, another special Congress between September 24th and October 1st to discuss having a new election for president between Kremlev and Boris Vandervost, who was his opponent and one of the reformers, which they, I'm sure they think they're going to be able to win that. But there were no plans to have another election for the board of directors despite the fact that the four other candidates who were aligned with Van de Vost were disqualified from before. So they just, they just don't care. They're recalcitrant, which is, is typical of corrupt elements. And they're just on, on the way to hell, really. It's just a matter of time before the IOC completely dumps them, along with uh, one or two other federations, and that could be the end of Olympic boxing after 2024, unless somebody steps up and comes up with a lot of money and completely replaces them. But we don't know if anybody's going to want to even invest in this since it's, this is just such, a, such an absolute mess. I mean, they can't even get the qualification uh, process started and, and right for, for next year leading up to the 2024 Olympics. So it's a complete mess. And of course, they're the finances, they're reliant on Gazprom, the uh, the Russian controlled uh, energy monopoly, which is their, their funding, by the way, is due to run out at the end of this year anyway. So is anybody going to going to replace it? Who knows? So the walls are closing in on IBA. They're making all the wrong decisions, despite on paper, having some uh, good democratic points in their constitution is McLaren even pointed out the people are the problem. You can have the best constitution, the best rules. And if the people are corrupt, that really doesn't matter that much. So that's kind of where we're at. And the implications for amateur boxing and professional boxing over the years later are going to be absolutely huge. If this is the end of Olympic boxing. So that's kind of that's kind of where we are. And if you want to cheer yourself up, go back and find that enough is enough. No more tears song with uh, Barbara Streisand and Donna Summer. Oh, my goodness. That is crazy. It's, it's just it is crazy. It's and it's just so detrimental. You know, I'm, I'm going to sit here and wave the women's boxing flag It has been the inclusion of the sport in 2012 has been so important to its growth professionally and in the amateurs. And, and, and to think that it would be gone in 2028 
is just heartbreaking. And yeah, so you guys shameful. don't think there's somebody that's going to come along and like, how does a, or how does a I, Iba make money? Aiba. Gazprom gave him 30, reported $30 million. And they, they give away a lot of that to the Federation and, and to the fighters, but they don't sell. How many tickets do they sell? Well, they don't I, have a TV deal. They don't sell merchandise. No, and this year was the first year they, you know, they gave away prize money to the amateurs at the international competitions for men and women. And that had never happened before. And that's what's happened with some of that funding. So, you know, I think we had discussed this in the past. There are, there are female athletes and male athletes who are, you know, elite amateurs who essentially earn a living as amateurs. They're able to be supported by their national organizations. They live in camps, you know, like the Americans, the USA Boxing, they live in, in Colorado at the Olympic Center. They are supported in their endeavors. Uh, and what happens if there's no more Olympics? You know, certainly the, the international competitions, the elite competitions remain, um, uh, have, certainly are prestigious, such as the Pan American Games in this part of the world, European championships and so on. But without the Olympics and with no confidence in the IBA, enough so that the IOC is just at, Right. You're out. You're done. What kind of confidence can there be in the Junior Olympics and other elite competitions across the year? Right. It's it's a very bad situation. Right. Um, Unless somebody comes along, you know, from the, yeah. the Middle East petrodollars and throws in. But I don't even see why they would do that because they're inv they're investing in major professional fights with Joshua and Usyk, the rematch coming up and, and things such as that. Why would they spend some money on these amateur fights that people aren't interested in? There, if something were viable, I could see them investing in it. For example, Saudi Arabia will be hosting next year the World Combat Games, which has many of the combat sports and martial arts, both Olympic and non-Olympic participating in that, that was sort of a casualty of the political wars within the IOC and hadn't been held since 2013. And nobody really seemed to want to host it. So Saudi Arabia came in and said, well, host it. but that has a number of established federations ex existing. So you could see what they're doing, why they're hosting that. But in terms of, you know, paying all this money for for IBA, I don't know. I, I don't know if somebody is going to want to just throw their money away on this. So. Yeah, I, I mean, and then on top of that is the the Kinahan situation and uh, and Dubai and the fact that you know he's he's under sanction and being actively sought by the FBI and everybody else in the United States, um, plus the Guardia and and Interpol and so on um, for his crimes and. Now, you know, you've got Tyson Fury, who just as an example, was denied access entry to the United States twice, just kicked off his plane, you know, it's so like, no, you're not coming because of his association with Kinahan. So how that is affecting professional boxing is just another layer in this whole construct of, of really deep seated corruption and infiltration into the sport. 
And um, you also have, you know, people eating their own where there's a lawsuit now with Pro Bellum and Sky Sports and Boxer. A lot of he said, she said on 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 uh, whether or not Probellum was really involved with Kinahan or not. So um, there's just a lot wow. going on right now on the professional side of the sport. We don't know where that all was going to land. And if Dubai was, you know, like the WC, WBC's wet dream for a boxing center with Kinahan out, you know, who knows right. whether Dubai has any appetite at all to remain uh, a potential money source for bo professional boxing, never mind amateur boxing. Any yeah. women on that list that's on the no-fly list? Any women boxers? Don't know who, who is on it. We just know that Tyson Fury got denied access to the Tyson USA. Tyson Fury and Matthew Macklin. Matthew Macklin from who, MTK. When, right, yeah. MTK is short for Mac the Knife. That's his yeah. nickname. And uh, Ben Davidson, the, uh, the trainer, he used to train. Fury. Wow, no kidding. And uh, Coogan Cassius, the IFL TV media guy who does all those softball interviews with Eddie Hearn and all these uh, different people cannot come to the U.S. That's all we know. And so yeah. apparently a lot of fighters, from what I read from Nicola Talent and others, that they're trying to book flights to see if... Uh, they're on to the do list. <laughs> I, and, you know, there are a lot of women. There are certain women that were, you know, signed to MTK. Um, I don't know whether just being signed alone it means right. that you're on the list or not. I mean, by association. Like, yeah, I don't know the answer right. to that question. But certainly Tyson Fury, who was very actively promoting his relationship with Daniel Kinahan on so, on social media, um, and you know has lots of chummy photos with him. He he's a more evident target. What's interesting to me is why he wouldn't have attorneys working with through Bob Aram going to the State Department to say, "Hey, you know, um, get me what's going on list, here." Right. And I don't know whether that's really happening behind the scenes or whether Bob Aram is having anything to do with Tyson Fury on this matter. I mean, because, um, you know, we paid a million dollars to Kinahan for the Tyson Fury wow. fight. So there's there's something weird going on over there. And uh, and I and I don't know why he would just buy a ticket. I mean, he can afford an attorney and a really good one. So well, buying a some, ticket is cheaper, I guess, <laughs> than paying a lawyer to say, they're, get they're me not, off the they're list. Not gonna, they're not going to listen because they put sanctions no. on reportedly 600 people, people, mostly from the boxing Community. Mostly for the boxing community, but you know, if you're Tyson Fury and you're, you know, you know, Mister Multiple Millions, right. you'd think you'd want to rescue your reputation and do it through reputable lawyers in the United States. And that we don't they know whether that's right. happening or not. All we know is what's reported in the press, which is, hey, you're still no fly, buddy. So, but no other information. Um, and in the absence of that, it kind of begs the question as to really what's going on right um, why isn't what's happening with bob aram obviously he's an american exactly. they can't keep him out but maybe he uh not as uh, wonderful uh, as barbara streisand and donna summer but maybe he's been singing too 
Well, he, I would think he would be. Look, he's an attorney, you know? I mean, that's where how he started life. So uh, he, he's not going to screw around. He knows what kind of trouble he can get into. So, I mean, again, we're just speculating here, but I find it very interesting that the reaction of the Tyson camp wasn't to say, hey, we've lawyered up. And we're looking into this matter, and Mr. Fury has, you know, been cooperating. Blah, 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 blah. That is not what was said at all. So I find that to be curious. And Bob Aram has said zip. So don't know. Find it curious that that is not the response, which is what it should be in my estimation. Well, I guess we better wait for Nicola Talent's next uh, episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and really people listen to her podcast. Crime World is fascinating and, yeah. and really worth listening to. But again, you know, why aren't these people lawyering up and putting out statements from, you know, crisis PR firms? Unben I don't know, because there's a lot of money that Tyson Fury potentially leaves on the table by not doing that. Yeah, and, somebody, you know, somebody made a deal. Somebody made a deal to give him up. I guess. But, you know, again, why, why he isn't defending himself in a smarter fashion or, or, or putting out those kinds of statements is beyond me. And it's not that he's dumb. I mean, he, he's a very shrewd man. Um, so I'm, I'm, I find that perplexing, to tell you the truth. Well, you know, stay tuned, get your popcorn. Stay tuned. In the meantime, we're going we gotta to roll it on over to women's boxing. Let's find out what's going on in the world of women's boxing. Well, you know, we had Jessica McCaskill, who is the undisputed um, champion at welterweight at 147, um, had a fight on Saturday night on DAZN in, in San Antonio, Texas. Um, and she fought a fighter named Alba Ibarra, who was 10 and one coming into the fight. Just a little side note, interesting story. She, is, she was actually going into the Mexican Olympic trials in 2021 and was kidnapped by a gang in Mexico who, um, and then they tried to call her manager and the manager thought it was a prank call and blocked the call. What? <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Eventually, you know, things got worked out. She was released. She's a mother with a son with hemophilia. So she's got this fascinating backstory. Oh, uh, we did see her fight on a, on a, on a card on the zone about, you know, not so long ago. So uh, coming into this fight, it was thought, wow, okay. She's a decent opponent and she's was managed uh, promoted by Lou DiBella. So it's like, cool. You know, Lou DiBella usually doesn't screw up on these things. So gets into the fight, Jessica McCaskill just comes out loaded for bear throwing overhand rights and lefts. I mean, I don't think there was a jab throw in three rounds. If she threw a jab, I didn't see it because it must have been immediately followed with her going, boom. And it was just, it was like a, a, a parody of a slugger. It was really wild. Now, Ibarra is taller than McCaskill. She's 5'9". Um, clearly was getting overwhelmed, was getting hit. But in by the third round, she actually got in a few shots of her own. Did a lot of clenching when, when McCaskill got too close to her, hit her up. Um 
But then at the end of the third round, you know, they go to their corners and you see this heated argument going on between the man and her trainer and Ibarra on the stool. And she's like, all you hear is no, no, no. She was done. So, so she quit on the stool. Quit on the stool in the third round said, no, 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 no. And nice. so McCaskill, you know, got the TKO win um, at, after that. And now, you know, she's talking about wanting to fight Chantel Cameron. As she said, you know, Cameron can come up, up to 147, fight for Undisputed. Or she'll come down to 140 and fight her, but she feels that that's the fight that she should have. She expressed some frustration at finding real competition at 147. So we'll see what happens. Stay tuned. But that that was some crazy stuff. Crazy, crazy stuff. Crazy. Um, Yeah. And then, you know, um, we had this amazing announcement about Christy Martin. Well, two things. Christy Martin has a new book out called um, Fighting for Survival, uh, My Journey Through Boxing, Fame, Abuse, Murder, and Resurrection. That is just, just published this week. Um, it's, it's really an extraordinary, honest, really hard-hitting uh, discussion of her, of her life and of her drama, of the drama that surrounded her in her marriage, uh, of what happened when, you know, years of abuse, her self-abuse, uh, attempted murder, and then her resurrection as a, as a person. And uh, she also announced, uh, or it was also announced that she's joined um, King Promotions. Taking over. As director of operations. Um, and as part of that announcement, they announced, you know, that there's three female fighters on that group. Uh, including uh, um, Alicia Baumgartner, who is actually fighting, going to fight in a super fight with Michaela Mayer at 130 Wait, Baumgartner pounds. signed with Don King? Yeah, no, well, no, it's King's Promotions is, is a Pennsylvania-based promotion that Marshall Kaufman is the main person. Right. Um, but they have Alicia Baumgartner and they've got uh, Danielle Perkins, and they have a fighter named uh, Leanna Cruz, who's really terrific. So it's a it's a great start. And she also said, you know, she's putting her own uh, Christy Martin promotions on hold while she puts herself full time into this role as director of operations. So a lot oh. of exciting stuff for Christy in her next chapter. You know, she she was inducted in the first class of women to enter the International Boxing Hall of Fame for the 2020. And, you know, uh, I think we talked about the trilogy induction in, in June. So uh, she was able to uh, accept her, her, the, her due, if you will. So it's really been a great June for Christy Martin. And well, uh, I'm, I'm happy so, to see her. Yeah. So this up. was really and, sensational news. And speaking of Don King, the malapropism of the month goes to him on a recent interview after the show that he just had. He was talking about Christy Martin and he said she was just indoctrinated into the boxing world. 
Didn't he well, teach? He didn't well, he again, teach Tyson you know, how to speak English? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But again, you know, when she was there, she said, "You know, I want y'all to count down two minutes." And she spoke, and everybody in their head was thinking they two minutes around, right? But it was not. It was every two minutes, forty-five. 45 people are, are abused and domestic yeah. abuse. So um, she really is a sensational, extraordinary person in her, in her next act um, post uh, after her boxing career, she is really making something of her life and paying it forward in really, really important ways, not only in boxing, but also in this, in public speaking and in speaking out about domestic violence and the horror of that and how insidious it is in our lives. Right. And as we think about SCOTUS and all of that, um, domestic violence will certainly play into yep. what happens here. Because when you force people to have children, it's just inviting domestic violence on top of everything else. So. And it's used as a weapon. Right. So the sex yes. and the birthing is used as a weapon. As a weapon, precisely. Yeah. So um, anyway, well, great stuff in women's boxing. Um, you know, stay tuned. Lots of great fights coming up. There was uh, uh, it's an announcement that uh, Clarissa Shields and Sarah Marshall's fight is going to be on September 10th. It's going to be right. in London. In London, uh, there's talk of the O2. I, I, I haven't heard that confirmed. If that's the case, that's just bringing amazing. I also read uh, that sources are saying that Baumgartner Mayer will also be fought in uh, in London. Don't have a date, no confirmation, but boxing Twitter was all about that today. So we'll see how that transpires. Two smoking hot fights right there. Two smoking hot fights. True, honest to goodness, super fights between two honest to, and then of course we talked about Amanda Serrano's fighting on August sixth. And Madison Square Garden on Jake Paul's <laughs> card. Okay, right. It's a Jake Paul card. What do you want? It's uh, a Jake Paul card. Right. All yeah. right. Well, look, that's all we have for you guys today. You guys, let's wrap this up. All right, Eddie, tell the people where they can find you, brother. Okay, on uh, social media, on Twitter. By the way, talking about SCOTUS and all this, a lot of the people that are opposed to all the nonsense that's been going on by SCOTUS and uh, Trump and all these people have been following each other back. So really in the last couple of days, I've gotten like a couple hundred more followers because of that. So there are these like follow back lists that are going on. So you might want to get something like that. You can look at my Patreon, patreon.com slash Eddie Goldman. The website's eddiegoldman.com. And I'd also encourage people to look at what's going on right now. The Play the Game conference is going on, and they're live streaming some of their sessions, and they'll have a lot more up afterwards on, on uh, video, and they have the transcripts up talking about sport and democracy versus autocracy in world right. sport. And, and it's something that a lot of, particularly in boxing, the, where the social consciousness is, is worse than SCOTUS in some cases. The, you, you know, this, is, this kind of thing is ignored and in the sports world in general is very insular in the United States. Anything beyond uh, the lower 48 is not considered part of the world. So I would suggest looking at this because we've been talking about sports 
sports justice radio and all these these issues for a long period of time these conferences bring a lot of people together to, to precisely to discuss these issues there isn't as much on combat sports but there is on the issues of governance and ethics in sports in general which of course affects the combat sports and of course which the combat sports are among the worst if not the worst in the world so check out the play the game website right on eddie all right melissa tell everybody where they can find you my sister well i i'm on at girl boxing now uh on twitter and on instagram and i my website is girlboxing.org so i right. really hope to that you check out my my social media content follow me i'll follow you back that's Looking right just grow on her book on amazon a history of women's boxing. That's yes. right. Yes. <laughs> all right, folks. That's all we have for you today. I am your fight goddess, Chris Baldwin. You guys can follow me on Instagram at Angry Afro Radio because I am the angry black woman, especially after this week. And then you can check me out on Instagram at Fight Goddess Fitness. And I'll see you guys next week. This is Sports Justice Radio. Okay, you guys tune in. Check us out at warsports.com. And on YouTube, follow and subscribe. We'll see you guys next week. Peace, love, and push-ups.